This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome back to this episode of Rockcast. We are coming outside of our regularly scheduled podcasts to bring you an exciting update on a topic we mentioned on our last public published podcast, which is about our trip to Liberty uh, to meet with the students there and to try and help infuse some new talent into the Rock Church community. So I'm Emily Foreman, and I have John Edmiston here with me today, and we're going to tell you a little bit about our trip and about some of the other things we're planning. Yeah, so it was an exciting trip, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was a whirlwind, actually. Right, and I have to say, like on the travel out, the three of us were on our way out. You know, had to get up really early on a Sunday morning. I was really in my head thinking, you know, is this really worth it? Are we kind of like putting too much effort, too much expense into this trip? And I was kind of starting to have that little bit of dread that you know, was this the right thing to do? And man, were we surprised. That dread for me is just the pre-coffee 4 a.m. on a Sunday dread. <laughs> I had a little bit of that too, pre-tea, yeah. Yeah. But man, what a trip. It I mean, was. Blown away by so many things about that university. The The campus is amazing. But more importantly, the students were amazing. It was almost like I, I've never I've never experienced that. The level of professionalism, are, they're articulate, and, and the passion to serve the church was incredible. Right. And you know, what was interesting to me is you run into someone like that on occasion, um, and you th- you're just impressed, and you think, wow, that person really has um, learned how to conduct themselves well. They are personally invested in the right type of mission. They're just a really great person. But to see that spread across a student body, and I think it was pretty universal in mm-hmm. the students that we ran across, it was really outstanding. Yeah, it's, it's common when you talk to people and you tell them about that you work in the church, that you feel like you have to now sell that. Right. You know, or you, you know, you kind of, you can see it on their face. Like all of a sudden the interest level just went from like 10 to zero. Um, and it was not that way. It's like they got more excited. Really? Church? I could, I could do this at a church? And they asked some very, you know, good questions um, about how that works within a church. Like, what do you mean I can do infrastructure within a church? Like, I, there's like switches and like, oh my. Yeah, you could walk into some of these data centers and churches, and you think you're in a bank. Um, and there's really, you know, good interest on that. Yes, I, I felt like we were almost ambassadors for the church world inside this university because the students had a lack of awareness, which wasn't their fault. They just didn't know, and we were able to really open their eyes into what was possible. And like you said, when we mentioned, well, you can work with churches doing the things that you've you're skilled at and you're trained for, they got excited. And um, when you mentioned things like nonprofit and you know even you know what it takes to sacrifice sometimes to move into a position at a church, there was additional interest. Not less, and mm-hmm. that was uh, that was very encouraging and exciting. Right, and even walking the hallways um, around the university, we you know we spent a lot of time in the computer science area. We spent a lot of time in the um, the business department within the CIS program. I mean, 
the facilities are incredible. I mean, just mm-hmm. the I mean, robotic projects driving up and down the hallways, just like you would expect at you know some of the top engineering schools. Um, the computers that they had available in the inside these labs, but then on the backside of the wall of every single room is a huge scripture, scripture verse. It's just I've never seen that. I've seen the engineering side. I mean, I've seen some really cool um, interiors of of engineering departments, but I've never seen it mixed with the level of spiritualness that that they have, which was. I mean, they, the professors kept talking about that, but I guess it's really intentional, right? You can't, you don't believe it till you see it, right? And and you know, so maybe let's walk through what we did there. Um, you know, we talked at a the tech club, which is like a student led group of technologists, whether you're computer science or or on the business school side, um, and and talking with them. That's that was our first dose of actually being with the students, other than our capstone students. And you got they got so comfortable. They got so you could see the interest in their eyes. But when they talked about spiritual, the spiritual part of, of the job, it almost became like you're talking at a church. Like at first, I didn't know how much could I blend. Like what stuff could I say, not say? I mean, the professor, you know, the video calls beforehand, you know, said, "Yeah, say whatever," and you just got immediately comfortable, just you know, saying, "Well, why wouldn't you work for a church? Like, why, why wouldn't you want to change people's lives? You know, by bringing them closer to Christ." And to say that inside of a Computer science classes, pretty cool, and they're they are you know nodding their heads. Right, they engaged with that content. Right, I thought it was really interesting that you embedded in that um, one of your presentations about how um, back in the day the Roman road was the latest in technology, and they um, when they built these roads, they used everything they knew at the time about science and about how, um, what they would need to do to build a really fully functional high tech system to connect all of their empire um, and how that was something that God used to really spread the gospel message. So it was man's um, highest technology at the time used for God's highest purpose. And then to connect that with the availability of the internet for spreading the gospel and helping to make that uh, message widely available today in this day and age, I felt like that was a, a really interesting topic and it really resonated with the students. Yeah. I mean, anything to deal with the spiritual part of it, they just seem to like it, especially if it was tied to the to what they do. Um, so after the tech club, that was the first night. The mm-hmm. night, yeah, the first night. So the first night we met with um, the executives of the university, which was pretty good honor. I mean, it was this very small group of us. Um, I think fourteen people were in the room, including us uh, outside of um, university staff and executives. Which was a great opportunity to meet with some of the, the senior leadership of, I mean, the president of the, the university was there, and to be able to talk about, you know, the needs from the secular world. Um, it was interesting though, because most of the other people, I think, almost exclusively, all the other people were secular companies, mm-hmm. like nuclear engineering companies, and and um, it was interesting just to see that again. Like I, you know, I kind of, I say, grow up, grew up in the in the in the corporate world, and man, I don't miss that. <laughs> It was like a renewal of like that, everything that you dreaded about that. And I think what I got out of it too is like, man, these guys are still have the take mentality. You know, I'm sitting there thinking like, how else can we help you? How else can we, you know, pour into these students? And by pouring into them, of course, there's there's give and take, but we were just more wanting to know give, give. Um, so that was interesting. And then and that night we had the tech club meeting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also were able to get inside the actual classroom the next day 
and uh, they invited several different majors to come sit in that one classroom. So it was a it was a presentation greater than just that particular class, and there were a lot of very interested students in that room. Yeah, and that's quite an honor too. That the professor would give up, or a couple of professors would give up their class time. Right. They um, they gave us ninety minutes to speak to their students. Basically, stepped in front of the microphone and said, "Today, your class is going to be led uh, by the rock team." Yeah, that's pretty cool, and I. I'd love to keep doing that. I mean, that was a lot of fun, and it's just fun to engage with them. I mean, they're such malleable, like raw material that, and and but they're high quality raw material and well intentioned. Right. They yeah. asked some great questions after class. I know the other class was coming in, and we were having a hard time disengaging to get out of the classroom on time because um, it was such a, a great interaction period. Right. And then from there, we went to a career fair where they we had a booth and. And they could come up to our table. And again, the career fair was amazing. They had so many different vendors, but the, the student engagement was so high. It was. And the professionalism of their dress, of their I mean, they've obviously been coached on a lot of things because they come up with questions and you know, they all have their resume. But and that's typical, like everybody'd have a resume, but just the articulate nature of them. And I mean, it was like like talking to the cream of the crop at most colleges. They'd pre-researched our company in most cases, and it wasn't because they'd heard of us before. It was because they went to their career fair site, pulled up the list of employers, looked at who they would want to speak with, printed out a special resume for them, researched their company, and showed up at our booth with questions that, like you said, were just really amazing, much deeper than I would have anticipated. Right, and I wasn't even sure what I was, what my perception was going in, but I didn't think we would leave with so much, so many people on the interest list. Right. And the wide nature of those people. I mean, obviously, we were looking for more technologists to help us and the churches, but we were getting project managers, HR. People wanted to go into HR. Mm-hmm. Um, people wanted to go into accounting within. And then you, you tell them, like, would you, are you interested in doing that in a church? And they're like, yeah. The light would go off. They're like, yeah, that would be awesome. I, I would love to work on a church. And then you talk to them, like, oh, yeah, you know, I grew up in a church plant kind of family. And, you know, here I am in the doing a business thing, but that'd be cool if I could tie that in. I'd love to do that for a high impact on the kingdom. Right. Right. And um, marketing, business communications, social media. A lot of social media. Right. And so some really, I mean, some of these people, you're like, man, you could be on like Fox News tomorrow if you wanted to. They're that articulate. Not kidding. That's not an exaggeration. And you look at the resume and some of the experiences they've already had in terms of internships or, or kind of cooperative type, type things. Or, or like, remote positions they're even holding while they go through school. I mean, it's yeah. pretty incredible. I mean, I worked at the college in school, but some of their positions were like, oh, that's like real world type stuff. Right. It wasn't quite like when I was doing distribution for the school newsletter. Right. <laughs> or helping in the in the in the IT lab that was mine. Right, it was a little bit more uh, impressive than that, um, but it was definitely the. I mean, the whole experience was impressive. Right. And then we were able to connect with a few of the students after that career fair, one on one in an interview room in the library. And I mean, just overall, we were we were blown away by the whole experience. Yeah, I kind of left going. Sometimes, really, you want to do this? Like, you want like. We're good enough, because <laughs> um, op- usually it's the opposite. You know, right. usually it is that like, well, you have to try to sell them on like why they should, you know, maybe um, go into the church right. world. And you know, one thing I find that's interesting um, when you interact with um, people who've been adults for a longer period of time, you have to really go in depth about why the model that Rock operates under should work and why it's a good idea. 
But as soon as you start sharing bits and pieces of that with these students, we noticed that they fully engaged, they were excited, they loved it, and they totally understood the concept. Right. They totally understood it. In fact, at one point, I, I tried to explain the difference between the, the old model and the new model. And one of the um, examples you had shown, I think, two years ago at the conference was Encarta versus Wikipedia. And Encarta makes no sense to them. They've never heard of it, right? And the the, the concept, they, I mean, you just they're just like looking with blank looks, and you say, "Now, but you understand the Wikipedia model, right?" And of course, they're like, "Yeah." I mean, it's just such to us. I think in our generation, it's like, "Yeah, that we get it," but it kind of doesn't still make sense. Like, how did that work that way? But to them, it's just such a natural thing that our model. They're like, "Oh yeah, that, that's a great model." And we represent kind of the cusp of that change, I think, with what we're doing. But it's going to be normal soon. And it's going to be the way that everyone wants to operate. And I tell you what, to move from a profit-centered approach um, with the take mentality and to try and convert that into something that will fit into the new model mode would be almost an impossible task. You'd almost have to wipe it out and start over. So the fact that we're working so hard to build and structure our model now we're doing a lot of hard work on a really mm-hmm. regular basis to do this because we do have to kind of fight against the norm right now. Um, the IRS doesn't know how they want to structure it. You know, the accountants don't know how they want to structure it. The churches um, are struggling to understand how it's different from a vendor model. And so there's a lot of education and trial and error and um, creating new structural approaches that will satisfy um, all of the requirements that are in place, you know, federally, and then also make sense to churches, and yet still stick to our core values, has been a real challenge. But I'm so glad we're investing in that up front, mm-hmm. and we're doing it in a way that scales because it's really positioning Spark and Rock to be what it needs to be ten years from now. Right, and it's cool to see some of the efficiencies in in the model too. So, like for instance, if we do a um, a consulting project. A, most of our consulting projects go in the core, so that's cool. Um, but even if they don't, that profit stays within the community. Like it, it doesn't exit the door because the profit is not ours, it's the community's. Right. Because it's part of the nonprofit. Like there's no way in a nonprofit for the, you can't say owners because no one owns a nonprofit. In fact, our accountant says technically kind of like the government owns a nonprofit. Right. Um, there's no way for that to escape out. It, I mean, because of the laws, it has to stay in, and there ha- there's certain you know limitations and right. rules put in place. And if the money were to escape out, that would be a criminal offense. Right. Yeah. Someone's going. To, <laughs> someone's going to jail. Right. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. No. No. We're not, we're pretty much not going to be doing that. Yeah. So um, it's just interesting how the whole thing kind of works together. It becomes like a symbiotic relationship. It it just flows. Um, but yeah, and they and they get that like they do, and they get excited by that. Um, so yeah, I after the first night, I mean, the first night was a little weird because like some of the, we had a, like a little snafu with some of the marketing on the campus where they mm-hmm. didn't get communicated as well, so that the crowd at the tech club wasn't as big as it possibly could. But I think that was kind of interesting too because it allowed us to pour into a few people who I think really needed it. You know, one of the um, the, pre- the new president of the club is new to the position. A lot of people graduated out. It's kind of interesting because I actually, when I was in college, I was the president of the Data Processing Management Association, which they have renamed themselves since. Um, you had a unique title as well, kind of off the record. Yeah, I was 
bequeathed um, nicely. All my friends in the dorm called me King of the Nerds, um, in a you know very nice way. Oh, of course, we were all tight friends. But um, when I came back, they said, Did, you know, I was telling them, like, I guess I'm going to go. I need to get leadership, right? I need to. I need to get. I need. I mean, because I was kind of introverted, and I. I didn't want to do that, but I'm like, I, I got to get this. I get it on my resume. Plus, I need the skill set. I need to just make get uncomfortable, right? So, raised my hand when I came home. They're like, "Did you get it?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "King of the nerds." That's so great. I bequeathed that title to her. She yes. is now queen of the nerds. And um, that was very generous of you, right? Well, I was, I felt I was very generous because I gave her some fundraising ideas that had worked for me. Like selling floppy disks. I didn't discs. see her taking notes on this one. Selling floppy disks outside the lecture hall. I told her that is a money maker right there. So I made great amounts of money doing that because they all need a floppy disk for lab. So come on, like, yeah, she nodded her head. Right, right. I think that was placating nod. Hmm. She would have to go to the antique stores to find those. Well, I think she did like the ideas in terms of 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 that antique kind of retro. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> and this was what our trip was like. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I, I won't say that we came home extremely well rested. Not at all. But we did, I just felt like my mind was spinning the whole time um, because as we connected with these students, we could see uh, this university is really, really engaged in helping students integrate their faith and their work and their skill set in, in an incredible way. And these kids are poised to come out and really uh, contribute to something like the rock community. Um, they could be a huge asset. Um, so the um, it just the possibilities, I guess, are are really exciting, and that really got our our minds spinning. And that was encouraging because, again, that was a huge investment of our time, of the travel costs, of the prep costs, of all the prep, you know the presentations we had to do, and the video conferencing, and the with the professors and make sure we got on topic and all the coordination of the booth. I mean, there was a heavy amount of investment on our side. And I think that's what I was a little bit worried about that day going in is mm-hmm. like, I hope we didn't overinvest in this. Right. And I think we left thinking, okay, we're, we're glad we made that investment. We did really stand out from what the norm was there, I think. Um, but you're right, to bring three people, to prepare the way we did, to coordinate with the career center um, over time and the professors and the presentations that you built. I mean, it was a huge investment, um, even outside the travel costs, which are pretty extensive to get into um, Lynchburg, Virginia. Funny story, we did notice that the two people working the front ticket counter at the airport were also the people who um, helped you board the plane and put on vests and went outside at the airport um, to help move bags and possibly planes. So it was um, it was a really interesting airport. <laughs> yeah, even TSA <laughs> like closed down the whole place for a while, they did. and then they all come out. And I think they're probably inspecting the bags and had to come out and, I think and inspect right. the people. Was, right, and so the uh, security gates opened twenty minutes before our flight took off. That was when we could start going through security. It's really kind of a spark model. I mean, it really is. <laughs> one day you're running cable through the ceiling, the next you're programming, the next you're speaking. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> so where do we go from here? What the, the you know this 
this isn't a done deal, right? No, it's not. Um, in fact, we went with some ideas of what we wanted, but I feel like we're really starting to refine those now. Um, we did a lot of planning mid-trip. We did a lot of planning on the plane on the way back. And we're getting very close to having a, a, a very nicely refined plan for how to help connect students with awesome skill sets and the organizations that need them in a way that will boost our whole rock community. So the rock community isn't just trading players back and forth in kind of an unhealthy way, but we're really infusing it with new life, new energy, great perspective, and really dedicated um, people. So one of the things we're getting ready to do is to put a survey out to churches about what their needs are. So I'd encourage you, if you're listening to this, to think about what needs do I have on our staff? Look at it from your technical staff. Do we need a developer? Do we need a, a web developer or designer? Do we need uh, a business analyst? Do we need someone in infrastructure? Um, do we need a project manager, technical or otherwise? And then even look beyond that a little bit because we were able to make some great connections, again, with people who might be interested in HR or finance, accounting, um, people who may be interested in social media marketing communications area. So think about what those areas might be. And we'll be putting a survey out. In fact, I think you'll be able to find it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. We will probably also be putting it out on social media and through email. Pull that up and share with us what your open positions and needs are, um, because that will help us help you. Um, inversely, we are going back to all of our student contacts and getting all the information about what are your skill sets. Where do you want to be located? Um, with a community as diverse and incredible as ours is, students can really kind of highlight the areas of the country where they'd like to be, whether it's moving back close to family or an area that they've always known they wanted to end up. Um, they can they can put that information into, which is really attractive to a student. Um, so that's great. And then we can help make some pairings off of that. I was surprised how many of them, you, they either would will go anywhere, literally in the country, right. or they're like, oh, I, I'm really interested in Washington and Oregon. And, right. And they they just they just kind of knew where they went, and it was nowhere near Virginia. Now, right. A lot of them did want to be in the Virginia area, but I was surprised by how many were like open to any new experience or on the other side of the country. Yes, and we'd like to make this a sustainable program um, because we know as our community is growing so quickly, we need to continue bringing more and more mm -hmm. talent in. And honestly, the whole reason we got into this at all is because we kept hearing from churches, I need help finding people. Can you help me? Um, so that's what we're doing, and that's why we've put this together. Um, so what we're going to do is as we grow this program, there will be a fee-based service to place the students in the correct positions because we have a heavy investment in, in the whole process, and we want it to be sustainable and ongoing. So we will be having a fee associated, kind of like if you're working with a headhunter, but quite a bit lower than that. Right, we're just trying to we're meet just, costs. Exactly. Not, not I mean, some of those headhunters are like 30, 40%. We're nothing like that. No, Just that's cover not. cover costs. Exactly. Just like everything else we do with Spark and in the Rock community, we want to make everything as accessible as possible to the churches mm -hmm. that are using it. So our goal is not to compete in any area with... Um, what vendors are doing, but really just to do uh, to bring another service to the churches that are asking for it and to get our costs covered at the same time. So there will be more continuing information on that. But I heavily, heavily encourage you to go fill out that information and do it soon because the student's interest is peaked now. And I got to tell you, at least for me, when I hit the semester before I graduated, I was 
hardcore searching for where I was going to end up. So right now we have an opportunity of a couple of months to put things together before the students go out and handle it themselves. Right, and I think some of them are are going to have no problem finding a job. Absolutely. So it's in our best interest to hit them first right. before they get tempted by something else. And another note, I'm glad you brought up the other job. Students are considering options. These are skilled technical students. They're considering options right now in the corporate world or the church world. They realize they may have to make a few sacrifices to work in the church world. Their hearts, in many cases, are really inclined in that direction. Mm -hmm. But we definitely need churches to understand that hiring for a technically skilled position needs to be compensated in the right way. Um, So if we're putting out uh, positions with a salary that's more inclined towards someone who's unskilled, um, that's probably not going to be something that they will be capable of taking. Um, a small sacrifice on salary is viable, but we need to make sure that we're looking at what is market rate and how close can we get, um, because otherwise we're not going to be able to help make those connections. And honestly, the the students are worth it, mm-hmm. and what they can bring to your organization, I think, will just blow you away. We have been so impressed. Yeah, we. I would be thinking about a salary range more that you would give um, an experienced person. Yes, because that's going to meet what they would like to get. But you're gonna get and grow an mm-hmm. incredible, you know, asset to your team. Um, a, they're gonna have some knowledge and experience. Their curriculum is is good. It's incredible. My curriculum, I, when I came out of college, not so good. I'm looking at their curriculum, going, this is like good. And I think they're gonna have a lot of that skills and 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 experience. But they're gonna also have, you know, capacity. Right. A huge amount of capacity that is gonna net benefit over time. And we coach the students too, like on, hey, you know, just realize you you probably will make, need to make a, a, a small, you know, um, change in pay. So we're trying to coach, you know, churches to say, hey, you, you know, you, we need to get something that that's going to be attractive to them. And we're mm-hmm. trying to coach them, saying, hey, you can't compare this to, um, you know, maybe a top, you know, tech consulting firm. Right. But before we're thinking, like don't hit midlife and say, gosh, I wish I'd been making impact all this time. Do you know mm-hmm. how hard it is to make that move at that point when you have a family depending on you and a lifestyle you've gotten used to? Make that make that choice today while you can. Right. So um, do let us know as soon as possible what those positions are, what the needs are. You know, let us know if you've got a question. What do you think would be market rate at this? You know, we'll be seeing a lot of information. We can give some aggregated feedback on that if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely be an advocate for open positions and for these students to your leadership as you set it up and help them see the value. I think we've heard from a lot of leaders that there's an increased uh, value being given to people who are highly technically skilled. But obviously, as we're moving forward and more and more jobs are moving into the technical arena, the church cannot afford to be left behind. Right. And so our goal is to really create these matches. Right. So that's what we're working heavily on, and that's what we're really close to having refined. Um, And we wanted to give you an update on right now because the timeliness is essential on that. Mm -hmm. But we also have some other concepts um, because one idea leads to another. That's kind of just how it works around (laughs) here. And so um, let's just say we had a a string of some great ideas that we're looking at concept-wise that could be an even better um, fit for the community in the future and be even more help toward that same goal of really uh, raising the level of um, rock knowledge inside the rock community. Can you tell us a little bit about that, John? 
Yeah, so some of these thoughts have, have been around for a while, but I think there's renewed clarity now um, as we've been you know, with the students and seeing this through. Um, and we, like you said, we had plenty of time on the trip to, to kind of brainstorm. Um, so one is a, a training boot camp. Um, we know we need that for our, our employees. Like we can't just hire someone and the next day they're actually just working with a client on how to use rock. I mean, that, it just doesn't work that way. It's it's not what's good for not the, successfully. Yeah, not and the and the person who's going to lose on that is is the church, the right. client. So you know we need an internal um, boot camp, and so why not you know open that up a bit as we bring in these new students? That if if someone were to hire a student. They could also optionally, if they'd like to, send them through our boot camp, and so that would be a bit of a of a tiered experience in terms of the level of, of depth that they would need. You know, a developer is going to need much mm-hmm. deeper knowledge than, say, uh, you know, business analyst or or a workflow or report generator. Um, so we're working on a on a multi week plan, and um, again, these are still concepts. Yes. Um, because we know we need to do it, we want to do a good job with our staff. So why can't why not share that out with other churches who are hiring, um, or maybe have resources that they have today, but they want to you know train them much deeper, right? Um, and uh, you know the master class concept will be a part of that. It'd probably be like one week of it, um, right? And you know the number of churches that we've heard from also that have said we want a really deep class on X subject. Mm-hmm. We have been listening, we have heard you, and we're embedding all of these concepts, requests, and questions into how do we develop a curriculum that is very successful for everyone. Because as you said, why not include the community and help raise that level up to meet um, the the requests and the demand that's out there right now? Um, so in all of that, we're re- essentially building a full curriculum if we move forward with this concept, um, which we're looking pretty heavily at. And that would involve a series of assessments and possibly certifications, again, depending on that level of what it is you need to be able to do. Um, so that could reach to um, those already in the rock community uh, as a church or potentially as a partner. And there are just a lot of great um, opportunities there. Right. And so we're spending and have been spending quite a bit of time looking at you know what's what are what's out there you know in mm-hmm. other areas that are doing the same thing so looking at salesforce looking at microsoft right looking at all the you know coding boot camps obviously they're starting up trying to get an idea you know what what do they cover how you know how do they deal with certain situations what's the price I mean, obviously, this is we're talking about a serious investment in resources and developing all this. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, if we even look at the the, the one that we have done, that's that's been a great success, the master class. I mean, that that took a couple months to create all of that content. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of slides, and it's not about creating slides. It's it's like walking through the conceptual process of how do you walk someone from this level of skill set to to a new right. level of skill set, and how do you explain that? I mean, even in in lava, how do you how do you teach someone some of these concepts? You really have to get outside yourself, and it takes time to kind of figure that out. And I think even in this one, when we, when we go deeper in a, in a topic like lava, we might want to have some tool sets that kind of help them, right. like a little workbench that they can kind of play in, um, kind of like the lava tester, you know, two point right? Um, a lava workbench or something. So the creation of the masterclass represents probably less than a tenth of the amount of work that's going to have to be required to to pull off a program like this. So obviously we have to be considering things like how much time do we have, what kind of resources, how do we spread that. Um, so all of those would be the considerations in this concept that we're working on. 
Right. And I think, yeah, keep saying that concept word because this is a concept. I'm not sure when it would be available, but um, we've been talking a lot about it. Right. So a couple things help us um, as a next step. Uh, I would suggest if you could please go to the show notes link here or respond to an email wherever it's easiest for you to look at the interest list for the positions that are open in your organization. Let's start there. Tell us and tell us soon if you can what your needs are. Uh, if you wait to tell us, it could be too late. Mm-hmm. You might have to wait a year right? or and half a year. It's a great opportunity. I'm telling you, you can connect with some incredible um, potential, high potential um, employees here and there's not there's no cost just to just to get these candidates and talk to them and interview them you know if you go forward and want to to hire one then you know we're looking at maybe a, a fee for that just to help pay for again for our costs but there's no reason not to right there's some high potential um, future employees here that we want to direct the fire hose your way Yes, and if you have an open position and you're considering any candidates today, I think it would be foolish to not consider the the students that we ran across this past weekend. Right, and and it was a, it felt like a goldmine that you know jump around say Eureka, but you the investment to go into that isn't it doesn't make sense for one organization to do that level. That's no. why I think it, it makes sense to spread that across. Right. A whole community. It, it needs to if it's going to be successful and scalable and sustainable. Right. Um, how else can churches help with this? Well, I mean, I think if if someone's interested in helping us fund this, the creation of this content, the creation of the assessments and the certifications, I mean that that would be amazing. Um, we're always looking to help have people help us fund that because it helps us bring in more resources. I think one of the constraints that we have as an organization is. Um, we don't always have a great picture of how much we can expect in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know you've done a lot of good work with the pledges, and, and we're kind of looking at how we can project those commitments into the future. But a project like this, you know, it has to kind of like right now, it has to you know wait for the scraps, right? Because we have to do what we've committed to do that's already been funded, and so this stuff gets kind of the the scraps. So if someone comes and says, well, I, I believe in this, I want to help fund this, then it allows us to increase the, the resources. And, and you guys all know it takes a while to get a resource. It, it's mm-hmm. not a matter of like, okay, here's the money. Look, you know, Tomorrow the guy's going to show up or the gal's going to show up to do this. It doesn't work that way. It takes a lot of time. It does. Um, so you know, if, if, if anybody's interested in that, we would love to talk. Right. And I think as one of our core values is community, that something like this uh, is an investment in the community. It's not um, necessarily doesn't mean we're building a particular feature or tweaking a feature inside Rock as a product or as a platform, but it is advancing the whole community and will be have huge benefit um, going forward. So yeah, I mean, it's really, a great investment. Really, this is like pouring gasoline on the community. I mean, pouring right. gasoline on the duck. Right. <laughs> So and it's and it's not just for Spark. It's pouring gasoline on the entire community because we're we're not we're not trying to just solve our needs. We we wouldn't have done any of this if it was just for us. It just doesn't make the cost and expenses don't no, don't pencil it out. It wouldn't have made sense. It's only when we look at it from a community perspective that this makes any kind of sense. And if we can get this funded and it will it'll seriously be like putting gasoline on the on the community. Is the whole lake on fire at this point? Lake on fire, I like that. 
Yeah. Sounds like a band name. It should be. Lake on Fire. Hmm. See if that domain name's taken. We'll stick that in our interest list for later. But uh, at this point, we're really excited about what we've learned and growing the community and um, would love to hear from our listeners about how you want to be a part of it, how you can help, and what your needs are. So please do share all that information with us. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us at another podcast. We always love to share with you the ideas that we're batting around, the concepts we're working on, and the future direction of rock. Today's show was produced by Emily Foreman. Nick was our recording engineer who turned the dials and pushed the buttons. Jim Michael handled all the audio post-production mixing. In our amazing show notes, which you can find at rockrms.com connect, were transcribed and written up by Michael Garrison. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.